What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 37 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hi, everyone. And on this week's show, we're talking about Pokemon news, Gamescom news, and the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Steve, what a week. I know, crazy. It's good to be back. Gamescom's been busy. And it's PAX West next week, so there's going to be more, uh, more stuff. Wild, wild stuff. Yeah, well, you remember last time they did, like, the the European indie thing, and then, like, a week later they did yeah. the American one. I wonder if that happened again, because it was, like, indie world is kind of, like, seems all-encompassing. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like the, the indie world branding is very much like, we're tired of doing two of these, we're <laughs> yes. going to do one now. We're not doing Nindies and Indie Showcase and whatever else they did. We're just going to do one. But I got to say, I feel like they they need to adopt the Nindy branding to everything because that's the best name for it. And the fact that we only did that in the States and now it's like, like seemingly dead, not, a, not, not acceptable. Well, Nindy seemed to be, because remember that guy left and he ne- that was like the person that headed up the, yeah. he now works at Microsoft and um, he basically does the same job for the Xbox team, I think. I kind of think that Nindy was his thing and like Reggie's thing. And now that they both yeah. left, it's kind of like, let's move away from that. We got to forge our own path forward. Yeah, Doug Bowser came in and he was like, fuck this. This is like goofy and cheesy. I've had enough of it. He's like, nah, for me, disembodied voices who give themselves nicknames. That's the way forward. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's kick the show off the way we sometimes do by talking about what we're playing this week. Uh, I am playing more Fire Emblem, mm. and you're playing more nothing. Yeah. I, oh, my God. It's been the busiest month. <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing something. We'll talk about some games I'm looking forward to playing later in the show. All right. Okay. Uh, we briefly discussed them on After Dark, which you can find at patreon.com. I got to say, I'm really disappointed because, you know, I I wasn't on the show last week or on After Dark and I listened back to it while I was editing and I heard you talking about how you still haven't played any more Fire Emblem, but you're like, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I I didn't say that at all. You know, I I, I trust Pete's opinion. He's so smart and handsome that, you know, I I have to try his game of the year. Definitely, definitely don't remember saying things like that. <laughs> you're, you're running out of time, man. It's like the last week of August. Oh, like, I know. Tell me about it. And next month, we've got Zelda, Link's Awakening, and I'm not bothered about Astral Chain. I'm not. But then I'll see everyone t- tweeting about it, and that's the problem. I get sucked into it. And then you're probably going to buy Astral Chain, and you'll be like, I wasn't hyped for this game, but it's actually now my game of the year. Game of the year, man. Game of the year. Yo, if I bought Astral <laughs> Chain and liked it that much, I would have to eat so much crow. I have talked a lot of shit about Platinum. Considering how much I said I hated Bayonetta on the After Dark this week, Prob's not going to enjoy Astral Chain. It was like, what? what's one game that everyone likes that you hate? Uh, Astral Chain. Uh, Bayonetta. No, it was what game do you think you're going to like? But you didn't end up liking. That was the That was the question, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like, what's a game that you thought you'd like that you ended up hating, and you're like, Bayonetta, without skipping a beat. Yeah. Hey, man, it's all right. It's nothing wrong. Look, I don't I don't like Platinum games either. We're not wrong for feeling that way, but our listeners sure like to tell us that we are. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still playing Fire Emblem. I'm still loving Fire Emblem. Um, I am dangerously close to the end. I think I'm on Chapter 18 of 21. Of playthrough so. number one, right? Of playthrough number one. So yeah, you're going to go back on... and do all the houses. I heard there's like a fourth track. There's like a fourth story. 
There is uh, during the red track. There's like a key decision you can make mm-hmm. that kind of changes your path, and it aligns you with um, mild spoiler. It it aligns you with the church instead. Okay. Um, but that's very similar from what I understand to the the yellow path that we're doing. Um, so I'm not gonna bother with that one. But I, I'd like to do all three of them. I'm afraid that I will not that I'll like burn out before then. Cause like, I don't know that I have 150 hours in this in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I'm going to try and do is like, as soon as I finish my first playthrough, I'm going to make fire emblem, my Blake backup game. So like, if I want something to kind of jump in, jump out, like I'll do that. And it's I'll not gonna start- Let's get, no, it's not going to work because you've got links awakening. There's Pokemon coming up. Maybe yeah. the Witcher, but I don't think you're going to get that. There's also like a few indie games I want to play that we're yeah. going to talk about later. It's tough. I think I think realistically there's going to be a break between finishing this one and doing the next playthrough because like I, mean, I definitely good, intend on can, going back. You can kind of go back as like a new game plus thing then. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm going to do. Like maybe when there's like another drought in the beginning of the year or like in the summer, like, oh, cool. Perfect time to go back and play Fire Emblem again. Yeah. Because I, I definitely at least want to do one more playthrough and do it from the red perspective. Because, like, I have such a skewed view of them that I'd, like, like to see how it plays out when you're on their side. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they're contextualized as, like, the the right side, you know? So, uh, definitely interested in playing more of it. But, um, you know, with 50 hours already in and a ton of new games right around the corner, I don't know I'm going to get through another playthrough in September. <laughs> I genuinely don't know how you would as well. I mean, you've got till the 20th until Link's yeah. Awakening. So I, we'll see. Maybe I'll start it up. But uh, I, I highly recommend it. Like Steve kind of teased, it's my game of the year right now. So um, if you have somehow missed me talking about it the last couple of weeks and you want to hear my thoughts, go listen to the previous episodes um, or go buy it for yourself and experience the game of the year. <laughs> So uh, just in case this is your first time listening, welcome back. Uh, no, that makes no sense. I said if this is your first time, welcome back. Great job. You're an excellent host, Pete. Uh, it's it's early, right? Time, it's early. Your tea's not kicked in. We do After Dark at night, and that's when you're loopy as fuck. We do this show in the morning when I'm loopy as fuck. It's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's a dance. I mean, the last, the last episode of the podcast with DJ, I didn't like. I was in my office because I couldn't record at home. And... Um, I was tired as hell. I left the office at like half past midnight or 1am or something. I was like, oh. And then I drove, on the way home, a hooker tried to like get me to pull over. Nice. No, like <laughs> not even kidding. She like ran in the road and she was like waving my car down. And I was like, nope. Not interested. <laughs> oh my God. That reminds me. Do me a favor, Steve. Make a note right now that on the next After Dark to bring up my my version of that story because okay. it's long and it's not appropriate for this show. Because on this story. show, new listeners, segues, we're back. This is the podcast. Welcome to our weekly Nintendo podcast. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to support the show, uh, remember you can give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Follow us wherever you can. Um, and if we're not on your favorite podcasting platform let us know and we'll make sure we get there we're on damn near all of them these days uh you can also connect with us at uh youtube.com slash loot pots twitch.tv slash loot pots loot and follow at loot pots on twitter to catch all of the awesome stuff we're doing all around the web and um you know our news reviews like all kinds of stuff we do all kinds of cool nintendo things 
Um, and if you do enjoy the show and you want to show your support and you want to get some new content in the process, you can head over to patreon.com slash and get a listen to our patron exclusive show after dark, which Steve teased before, where we talk about anything and, and everything, you know, um, sometimes we talk about non Nintendo video games. Sometimes we talk about cakes and car crashes. So it's a, it's a wild ride. You got to go check it out. Um, we think it's worth your time and money. And uh, it really helps us keep the lights on here and move forward and get to do fun new projects like uh, all those crazy analysis videos that Pixel's been doing over on the YouTube channel. And uh, if you want to connect with us uh, in ways aside from email or Twitter or whatever, make sure you go join our Discord channel because uh, our Discord channel is an awesome little community that we've got growing uh, full of potsheads just like you who love talking about Nintendo stuff. And uh, it's it's a tight community. It's real nice. Uh, Steve and I are always in there talking to the, to the kids. So uh, come join the Legion. All right, so heading into the news this week, we've got a rock block of Pokemon news that I am definitely excited to talk about. So we got a new trailer, uh, which showed off a ton of new battle mechanics for Sword and Shield, which if you know me, if you listen to this show, you know that's the shit I care about. So I, I was super excited by this news. Uh, we've got a, an article breaking down all the information over on loopots.com that we'll link to in the show notes down below if you want to check everything out. Uh, but the major highlights uh, are... You always say down below, and this has never been on YouTube. Like, every single time you're like, we'll link to the show notes down below. And and Pixel <laughs> never posts it to YouTube. So they're never down below. They're wherever the show notes are in the podcast by listening to us. Whose fault is that, Steve? <laughs> Yours. All right. It's mine. It's my fault. Tell Pixel to post the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, if you have been tuning into recent episodes, you know we talked about uh, all of the you know Pokemon Sword and Shield announcements as they've come. And one of the things I called out was uh, the last time they did an info dump like this, and they showed us off the Galarian forms with Galarian Weezing, uh, they had a hidden ability that we hadn't seen yet. So that new ability was shown off. It's called Neutralizing Gas, uh, which renders the abilities of all other Pokemon on the battlefield useless, which is super interesting. Uh, the main thing I'm sad about is they set in the UK and they spelt neutralizing with a Z. Well, they had to. No, they didn't have to. Uh, they did, though, because... And, the, and Pokemon Center, which we spoke about on the last episode, I spelt wrong as well. Well, listen, man. It's not my fault that in the world of Pokemon, they know how to spell. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, languages evolve, man. Okay, like mm. <laughs> you lazy bastards dropping U's all the time over in America. Yeah, obviously. Who needs a U in there? Favorite? Mm, never mind. You don't need it. It's it's my it's the color or my favorite, not the color or my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, so they also showed off some new uh, hold items like uh, room service, which lowers the holding Pokemon's uh, speed when trick room is activated, mm -hmm. which totally blows open trick room strategies in a really interesting way. I don't know what that is, but yeah. All right, Sounds Steve, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you in on these. So, yeah, because I, I can't be the only one that listens to the show that hasn't played a Pokemon no. game since that like, original. So we'll talk through it. So with neutralizing gas, the wheezing ability, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, any other ability that's on the stage is going to be null and void. So like that comes into strategy 
where like if there's a Pokemon, like uh, the example they showed in the video was like Rotom is a ghost Pokemon mm-hmm. and he has the ability Levitate. So he can't get hit by ground moves. But if you, you use Earthquake, like say you're in a double battle, you use Earthquake with your first Pokemon and then you switch in Weezing, you'd be switching in Weezing, eliminating everybody's ability. And then that Rotom's getting hit by that Earthquake and going down. Okay. So it's there's a lot of strategy there of how you could like make cer- or like there are certain Pokemon who have abilities where it's like oh like their stats are like weakened the first turn they come in or something like that you know and you could be like boom that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of dynamic stuff there that you can do and then Trick Room is a Pokemon ability that um, reverses the speed order so the slowest Pokemon moves first and the fastest Pokemon goes last. So what this item will do is if you have like a super fast Pokemon on your team that, you know, maybe you usually use as like a closer. Like if you have a trick room strategy where you set up trick room and use a bunch of slow Pokemon to like whittle everybody down. And then when trick room's over, you have a really fast Pokemon that you throw in to just knock everybody out and and close it out. Um, With this, you could put a fast Pokemon on your team and they'll be able to like actually be usable during trick room because it's going to only when it's activated lower their speed um which is again super useful it makes that there's a lot of new things you can try with that dynamic or it's, with that strategy it, it, it just it's mind-blowing to me how different you play the game compared to like same me and pixel who are just there to collect the pokemon and just like, make you tackle. know and like yeah like yeah like just go go through it and then and then there's you like concocting a little strategy and i'm like mm, uh, whatever this one looks cute we'll send him in in my Trick Room squad, I'm going to use Mimikyu, and I don't know who the fastest Pokemon in the game is, but I'm going to use them. Um, and then we had a Jetpack, which is an item that is going to force your Pokemon out of, like, they'll be re- re- automatically recalled whenever their stats are lowered. Um, which is another one, like, if you have a Pokemon who... Oh, they should have, that should have been, like, Eject to see. That would have been cool. Mm. I do like that it's an Eject Pack, because it's, like, a pun on uh, Jetpack. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You know Pokemon loves their puns. Uh, and then they also showed off a new move called Breaking Swipe, which is a physical attack uh, that hits bo- both opposing Pokemon on the field and lowers their attack stat. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty sweet. Um, and then we also got some new information about uh, Dynamax Pokemon, uh, specifically that they have something called Max Moves, which can also cause special battle effects. Like, And we knew about the Max Moves before, and I think we knew about the Dynamax thing, that, that they changed the form. Yeah, but I don't think we knew that they had these side abilities yet. I think oh, that was okay. new information. Because they showed, like, uh, this is the Pokemon I was thinking of, Melodic, using, like, Icy Wind, and then mm-hmm. it, like, caused Hail. Um, so, like, obviously that adds a ton of strategy to it uh, again. And then there's, like, a few other interesting ones, like um, like getting a stat boost or something like that. So that that's obviously going to come into play pretty significantly. Uh, they also showed off like hidden abilities are making a return. Obviously, they've been around, but um, they showed off some new ones like uh, Corviknight, who is the new bird Pokemon we showed off however long ago, has an ability called Mirror Armor, which reflects stat drops to the opponent. So like if a Gyarados switches in with Intimidate, it'll get its attack lowered too. So some pretty, pretty interesting ones. Uh, and then the other stuff was all kind of just like mechanical like gameplay mode stuff. Um, there's this place called the battle stadium where you're going to be able to challenge other trainers and do um uh the max raid battles that we figured out about a a while ago yeah which looks like it has floor like from tron yeah yeah i thought that was (laughs) really really interesting it's it's got like a very like retro future kind of look to it which is cool 
Um, and there was a press release that came out along the trailer that confirmed that uh, when you're doing those max raid battles, you'll be able to catch Pokemon um, that have hidden abilities, mm-hmm. which is the, the least rare, rare thing that can happen. Um, catching a Pokemon who's capable of Gigantamaxing is a little bit more rare. And then catching a Pokemon who has both a hidden ability and can Gigantamax is like the rarest thing that you can find. Okay. So that's what you're hoping for. And those are random, like, drops as to whether you'll catch one. It's sort of like catching a shiny. I wonder yeah, if they do the yeah. thing in Let's Go where if you keep catching them, you kind of get the combo. It's like a chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, shiny chaining is a thing in the main games, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of Gigantamax chaining if you, like, are doing multiple raids mm-hmm. in a row. But no confirmation on that here yet. Uh, and then outside of that, you'll also be able to do single or double battles in the battle stadium, which will be either ranked or unranked. So there's going to be like official online competitions run by the Pokemon company that have preset rules that you can enter and like get points for. Or you can just do like friendly competitions. Like if you and me and like Pixel, whoever else wanted to do like our own little tournament or something like that, you can have your own private matches where you set up your own set of rules and, you know, so do you all that can, stuff. So you can do it with friends. It's not like the uh, pairing up in, say, Splatoon, where it's always with random people unless you do, like, a no. private thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's standard. You know, that's been a thing in Pokemon for pretty much as long as I can remember. But um, getting to, like, set up and host your own, you know, like, particular rules or whatever is, like, you know, that's obviously pretty cool. And are those, like, competitions that, say, the Pokemon Company run, are they going to be, like, um, you know on, say, Mario Kart on the Wii, they used to do these, like, weekly challenges? Can, like, anyone enter those competitions? Or is it going to be, say, like, the World Championships where you go and you do it there? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but my understanding, based on what I read, was that I believe that there will be official competitions going on in... um, like across the board and you'll just be playing against whoever's in your tier okay so it's kind of like um say uh fortnite does this where you, every now and again they'll run like a ranked competition and you'll be saying that tier and then the article you've got you've got like beginner tier all the way up to masterful tier and say like level one to three or rank one to three and then you go up to like rank 10 and then rank I think max so. okay so that's similar to like most online games so say like um overwatch for example you can go up to like rank like yeah. gold gold rank or whatever it, it seems like a pretty standard like um just like tier system so i i i'm very excited about that um i think it's gonna get me to like actually like do competitive battling on my switch instead of on pokemon showdown for a change so that's gonna be nice um you might actually be able to stream some on twitch yeah yeah pixel actually let me mm-hmm. i can finally do my my pokemon battle show where I just battle Pokemon and listen to lo-fi hip-hop. That's what mm. I want. That's going to be the show. I'll, I'll, I'll join you and I'll, I'll not know anything. Perfect. You can I learn. I won't know the lo-fi hip-hop. I won't know any of the Pokemon. It's going to be dreadful. It'll be perfect, Steve. You're, you're going to get a... a per, it'll, you know, the name of the show is officially Culture Lesson. Because mm. I'll just be like, all right, so this is lo-fi hip-hop. I'm gonna show it off. You know, we'll... we'll you know, I was going to say... I was gonna say I'll send you like a nice bottle of whiskey and we'll sip whiskey and smoke cigars mm. like 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 fancy men. Um, but you're not a drinker or a smoker, so what maybe caviar? Oh, you know? God, salty! Ugh. It's gross. It's gross. I can. I'll just wear the smoker's jacket and I'll sip, uh, and I'll have the cravat on, 
And maybe I'll have a pipe with no that like puts out bubbles. You know, okay. One of those like bubble pipes. And then, and, candy and then I can just uh, yeah, candy cigarettes, and I can just sip on like diet coke. It sounds like a plan. Or Pepsi Max. They do a raspberry flavor now, and it's oh Pepsi. My God, I ordered a pizza <laughs> yesterday, and on the the menu for drinks they had diet coke, and they sent me a diet Pepsi, what? and I literally no. gave them a, I gave them a three star review. Oh, I was like, yeah. I, I love your pizza. But this is unacceptable. My, like my favorite, you lied to me. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite jokes is like in in, in a restaurant. Um, if if someone asks you ask for a coke and they say it's Pepsi, okay, they just respond with is Monopoly money okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel though. <laughs> like it's it's literally like if I was like, oh my god, I'm dying of thirst. Please give me some water. It's always like here's some chili powder. It's like I don't want fucking Pepsi. I prefer Pepsi. The bubbles are like smaller. You know, it's got like a more of a, a softer feel in the mouth. Yeah. That's the thing. I want the bite. You want you, you know? want the bubbly bubbles. Yeah, like when I drink a Diet Coke, like the fact that it like but you burns drink a, a little bit on the way down. Of, you drink a lot of Diet Coke. I drink way too much Diet Coke. Way like, too much DC. Like uh, there's always cans around your desk. You probably got mm-hmm. one near you now, like in arm's reach. Actually, I don't. I'm just drinking tea right now. Okay. That's unusual, because usually when we're recording a show, it's it's always a Diet Coke. The fucked up thing is usually I have a cup of tea, a can of Diet Coke, and a bottle of water, oh and I drink God. all of it. And by the time the show's over, I'm ready to pee my pants. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So speaking of peeing your pants, uh, the Pokemon World Championship 2020, which obviously a very high-stress situation mm-hmm. you might pee your pants at, mm-hmm. uh, about to take place in London So now year. you've got another excuse to come over and see me. Honestly, I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was talking about it with a friend. Uh, last night, actually, I, I went out for drinks with a couple of friends, and um, m- my buddy was like, so when are you planning your trip to England, you know, to go visit your, your friends and everything? And I was like, well, you know, probably not next year. I know got a couple other things going on i don't know how many vacation days i'll have maybe i'll go in 2021 and we'll like when we go to a convention or something Mm -hmm. and then i see this news and i'm like hey maybe next year's i've always wanted to go to the pokemon worlds i want to go visit you guys maybe we go we do a vlog yeah maybe i I win who knows that'll be a real story I don't think I'm good enough to win the Pokemon Worlds. I could contend, though. I think yeah. I could be, like, a top one. I, could be I don't a top know how it works. Do you, like, apply and there's, like, semifinals and then you get through to the Worlds? Uh, I don't know if this is how it works currently, but the last time I looked into it, you had to you have to go to a qualifying match mm-hmm. and win. And if That's you win how the Splatoon a stuff match. works. So I, I went to the Splatoon European... Uh, championships not uh, and it was just the, it was the uk ones and then they went through to european and then the european ended up going to the world championship which was at e3 okay there you go so and it's like, it's it's like several stages it's like country and then content I, I, the thing is i when i was hardcore paying attention to this it was like two years ago and i remember they i remember i feel like they they made it easier because there was criticism that if you didn't live in a major metropolitan area or something like that, it was like really tough to get to um, to the qualifying matches and stuff. So I think they might have made it a little bit easier. But either way, I think you only need to win or place like one in one of the qualifying matches, and then you're like good to go. And then like the road to Worlds is like pretty tough from there. Okay. But I. 
excuse me, I've always wanted to try it. I've always wanted to make a run for it, like make a legit good team and be like, let's let's throw, throw the hat in the ring. Let's so see. They, do they cover travel expenses? No. Oh. So it's expensive if you like, yeah. you know, if you're just especially doing it. now. Like, like previously, if you were in like continental America, I guess it's not that bad yeah. to like, you know, get a flight across the country. Like what, maybe a couple of hundred bucks or something. But yeah. now you're gonna have to yeah, fly across the Atlantic Ocean. It'd be worth it though if I if I could actually do it. Like it'd be a cool trip and like a cool story. Yeah. And like if I if I did even okay, people would be like, "Oh, this guy's good. We gotta follow him now." Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, "Ha ha, follow Lupots, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Come tune into my twitch.tv <laughs> twitch.tv slash Lupots and watch me battle Pokemon and listen to Lo Fi Hip Hop while Steve wears a smoking jacket. <laughs> you can't beat it. Oh, I got Monaco uh, as well. Oh, there you go. Just like that fancy little Pikachu. Mm. So, um, last bit of Pokemon news this week was uh, right around Gamescom time, uh, the Nintendo of Europe account threw out a video um, with Shigeru Omori, who is uh, the the director of Pokemon Sword and Shield, and kind of Pokemon in general for a bit, and um, showed off a like a little tour of a previously unseen town in the Gala region as kind of like a little apology for, for not being at Gamescom and having anything to show off. Hey, they had stuff to show off. They've been posting, posting well, not, not Pokemon, but Nintendo's been at Gamescom. Yeah, yeah, I just meant like the Pokemon team. Okay. You know, this, this was like the big thing they had to show at Gamescom. Yeah, the demo they've uh, got there apparently is the exact same one as E3. Yeah, which not super surprising. They don't have time to make multiple demo builds. The game comes out in like a fucking month. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you what did you think of this this town? This look at this. I th- I thought it was cute. Um, yeah, it's 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 strange to me, like seeing um, their Britification of uh, Pokemon Land. It's it's weird, like the old Tudor style buildings and stuff, and it's like, oh, this is so quaint. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really love that about Pokemon over the last couple of years, like where every new region has like a new gimmick and it's like, oh, it's like an excuse for them to like get interested in a culture and learn about it and everything. It's it's a, it's a fun idea. And I think it plays into the whole like Pokemon's a global franchise kind of thing, you know, yeah. like it's 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 a neat touch. Um, But how did you think it looked? I, I thought it looked great. My only slight concern is... I know this is a fixed camera angle, um, but you can't freely move it from what I mm-hmm. from what I know, and it doesn't feel like you get a big perspective on where you are. There's not there's not a lot of spatial awareness. It's quite a narrow field of view. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult. I think though, it's surprisingly good. It is, and I think the characters are really good. Like the the character models and the way they the way they animate seem to be a, a big step up from Let's Go. Yeah, I definitely would agree there. Which in and of itself felt like an upgrade. Like I think the Let's Go models like oh, looked better. Huge, they were a huge upgrade over the three DS ones. But yeah. Um these kind of look more cartoony rather than say the Let's Go ones that looked a little bit more like um I don't know, more three D renders. Whereas these mm-hmm. look like a little bit more they kinda of remind me of uh Nino Kuni uh characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's they're smoother. Yeah. A little bit but more cell shaded, and uh, I really like the look of it. It seems very colorful, not brown. Uh, I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, it's very green. Yeah, very green. Um, but yeah, man, I I gotta say, like, I'm there's things about this that I'm 
impressed by. And I say that with a grain of salt because it's like they're impressive for a Pokemon game. Maybe not a game in general, but like you said, like the character animations and stuff, like there's a lot of minor touches here that like do actually make this feel like an upgrade visually. And I think there were points where that wasn't always the case. Like you see some of the rough edges and stuff and people have really been kind of, you know, lambasting this game. You know, it's it's very easy to look at something and pick it apart. But if you don't take it as a whole experience, and we're going to talk about The Witcher 3 in a minute, and you look at that and you can take that down frame by frame, and looking at it when you compare it to, say, the PS4 version, it's never going to look as good. But it's still impressive that they managed to step up in, say, Pokemon compared to where they were just last year with Let's Go. This seems like a marked improvement over everything that was in let's go and and i'd imagine it's because let's go was a pretty much a straight port of the 3ds engine whereas this they've they've had time to to work on it and presumably they they they're using some of the stuff they learned when they're making um town or whatever town's going to be called Uh, little little town town hero Hero. yeah uh we'll see but i i'm impressed i like the fact that the the fashion stuff's still there and you can go to the boutique and customize your your character and things i'm interested to see how that's going to play out i get the impression that's deeper too yes well there was meant to be remember the competition that happened and there was meant to be the winning t-shirt design that was yeah, in there yeah. and then they found out that they basically uh, ripped it off so yeah i do hope that we see more stuff like that um i i would love if pokemon would do kind of similar to what like splatoon did where there was like events and you could get like timed exclusive shirts yeah and that stuff would like be that. cool like, uh, things like that would be really neat i'd also love like a, an animal crossing style thing where you can design your own in the game yeah. using the touchscreen. yeah i would would really appreciate that so you know overall i, I it sucks because i get why there's negativity around sword and shield but like i feel like there's a lot here that still looks good and i'm i'm still excited for it you know so despite the fact that I think that there are things I could complain about. Um, I'm trying to remain optimistic here that this is still going to be an enjoyable experience. And uh, the more I see, the more I feel that way. So like, I-, I wouldn't say that my hype is like through the roof yet, but I am, I am excited to get my hands on it and I hope it's good. I hope it's good. All right. So moving along into some Gamescom news, uh, we got a final release date for the witcher 3 wild hunt complete edition on nintendo switch coming in october on the 15th uh we got a new trailer and a 40 minute video with cd project red's community manager powell burza pavel yes pavel mm-hmm. okay the that's w. what they said that's what they said in, in the thing. they're polish aren't they all right pavel burza uh and wild hunt's lead quest designer pavel sasco <laughs> at least it's the same name twice, uh, who are demoing the gameplay on Nintendo Switch. Uh, and then Digital Foundry got their hands on it and did like a whole video that we checked out and everything. So what is your, what is your read on this right now, Steve? How do you think this is going to run? Are you impressed by what you saw? Are you interested in playing? Where are you uh, at with this? I'm immensely impressed that they managed to get it running as well as they have. Um, Digital Foundry specifically highlighted the fact that they were very open about the entire thing and they said that it's you know a, a dynamic uh, 720p resolution on handheld it will dip below that fairly frequently um, and that it looked fairly soft in places but that otherwise like the draw distances and um, seemed to be pretty much up to par with the ps4 but that um, there was a bit of character and shadow pop in but when it's on the small screen you can't really notice 
I think it breaks down when you play it in docked mode. Um, but if you're going to play in docked mode, you're probably likely to just go out and buy the PS4 or Xbox yeah. version unless you don't own those consoles. I'm I'm very excited about it. I wasn't really that bothered by the game, um, but having seen a lot of the gameplay and the way it, the way it runs, I'm probably going to pick this up. It really does look good on Switch, like on the just the screen. I'm impressed by that. Yeah, I, I really am impressed at how, at how well they've done. It seems to be a fairly solid 30 frames a second. Um, and it was interesting. Digital Foundry got kind of a uh, some technical info about how they've managed to get it to, to work. So there's a certain amount of memory allocated to developers by the Switch. Um, they've had to like compress the audio down fairly significantly compared to the PS4 or Xbox versions. Uh, uh, to get it to fit into that memory um, footprint, but then it seems to sound fine anyway. Uh, also, this I think is the first game that has been confirmed to be coming on a 32 gigabyte cartridge. So the whole game is on that cartridge. The download size has been confirmed as 28 gigabytes. So it's maybe one that people will want to How get. How is that even? How is it even possible? It may be one that people want to get as a, a cartridge because twenty eight gig download is going to eat into your storage space. But it's the whole, like all the DLC too. Yep, all the DLC and How? all the expansions. It's mental. How? Isn't it? How did they do that? That's crazy. I mean, the textures are a significant step down because it only needs to target seven twenty p. So you can you can shave a lot of storage there, whereas previously like PS four is targeting four k. I mean, it's 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 really surprising how good this looks. It is like, and I, I was concerned when we heard the whole seven twenty five forty thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you look at this video and like, it looks it looks sharp. Like, excuse me, it's clearly a downgrade. Oh yeah, like, it is. But considering like the the performance of, of the Switch compared to say a, a PS four or dedicated console, right. It's, it's it's it was always going to be, but when you compare it from say, um, like if you look at say Arc on the Switch compared to how Arc performs on other consoles, and like the fact that it just looks like a potato, this right. this they, CD Projekt Red, I don't think would have put this out unless they could have, um, could have got it looking as good as they have, and it, and it's it's testament to Saber Interactive for doing such a such a good job. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels akin to me of uh, Digital Foundry made the comparison to like Doom, where it's yes. similar to that, where it's yeah. like, yeah, like it looks and plays great. Yeah, it's not as good as 60 FPS locked on a 4K console, but like... It but you can play it handheld. Be. You can play it on the bus, on the plane, on right. on the way to work, during your commute, on your lunch break. That's 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 the reason people are going to buy this game, is to play it handheld. No one's, no one's really going to care about playing it docked, I don't think. It's funny because that's, I think, the way that I, like, if I was ever going to play this game, that would be how. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, cool, I can, like, chip away at it. Yeah, like, that's, I'm never going to play this. That's how I played Skyrim. I went back. I never, ever completed Skyrim on, on any other console or platform. And when it came to Switch, I finally finished it and the DLC uh, because I could play it handheld. It was like, I can sit on the sofa. I can have something I know playing on the TV like The Office. It's, I just know what's going on but I can still kind of be a little bit distracted by it while I'm walking around and exploring the world. That's that's a, yeah. a great way to play these games. Um, while we're talking about Digital Foundry, did you also see they did another video um, that came out yesterday looking at the new Nintendo Switch, the revised model? Oh, no, I did not. So there's, it seems that there's no real major changes besides uh, they did a teardown of it, and there's one change based on the memory that's um, assigned, like 
I think it's the level 2 cache on the uh, CPU that seems to be a little bit faster. They may improve performance in certain games, but they're not 100% sure on that. The battery life is significantly improved. They've got about two hours more on Breath of the Wild. Um, but there's there's maybe a slight downgrade on the screen. The screen they got was like cast red. Like you, you, they showed like a a picture of like the eShop and they took a, a screenshot of like, um, or a, a capture off camera of the original Switch and it and white looked white. But then when they took one of the new Switch, it had like a purpley pinkish tint to it. They're Interesting. Not, they're not sure if it's um, a new screen that they're using or if it's just a case that maybe their unit is a little bit faulty, but that's so they're going to do some more investigation. But it, it seems like um, if you're... If you don't have a switch, or you may be looking, and battery life is the most important thing to you. Maybe it is worth upgrading. I think DJ said on last week's show about GameStop's kind of deal that you can basically trade it in and get a new one for like fifty fifty dollars. I think not bad, not bad at all. I don't know though. I think for me, I'd rather have the nicer screen. So well, yeah, me that too. And and like you can just plug it into a USB battery pack, or if you really need to. We, we've talked about this. Like, how often are you playing your Switch for more than three hours where you can't mm-hmm. plug it in at some point? You know? It's a rarity. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so then last little bit of Gamescom news we're going to touch on today. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of, of other news, but, you know, we're trying to trying to keep... We got we got to get through a whole Nindies event here. So give me give me a break. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered will be released on September 3rd. Obviously, coming to Nintendo Switch as well. Um this is cool. Like, I I've never played Final Fantasy VIII. Part of me wants to like go back and and give it a shot, but I know it's a pretty divisive game, and like, I don't know. I wonder how it'll hold up. I couldn't care less, but yeah. If you're into Final Fantasy, great. Too brown. No, it's not even that. Like, it's an old 3D game. They don't look good, regardless of how much you remaster them. Yeah, that, that's true. Final Fantasy VII looks terrible. Yeah, that's accurate. I can get past that, though, if the gameplay is good and I like the story. Maybe, you know? but this is going to be like 20 bucks for a, a game that came out 30 years ago. Or however many years ago, like 15 old, years ago. Old game is old. Art stops being valuable when it's old, right, Steve? No, that's not the case, but like... I- <laughs> but like, the, the, the worst offender is Capcom and how much they're charging for the Resident Evil games. Do you want $40 for that game? No. Do you think it's worth it? No. <laughs> All right, moving along to out this week. On Wednesday, August 21st, we've got Dragon Quest XI-S, the definitive edition, whatever the fuck. It's, it's got like 18 subnames. It's Dragon Quest XI with all the all the bells and whistles. There's a uh, demo available, actually, uh, right now. And uh, it's apparently some of the kids in the Discord are playing it, and they said it's like 10 hours. So uh, if you're interested in Dragon Quest, I'd go download that demo, get a taste of it, and see if you want to bite on the full thing 10 hours is a pretty significant chunk you'll be able to i think get a sense on if it's for you or not in that amount of time so check it out uh okay moving along we got thursday august 22nd we got oninaki yeah it seems like a big it seems like um a fresh new action jrpg um that's that's uh set to come out from square enix so it, it could be uh one to watch if that's uh your bag. Isn't this the one that we saw at that event where it's like about the souls and stuff? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I'm looking at the screenshots. 
I was gonna say I know I know this the name of this. I feel like this is mm-hmm. from the team that did. Um... It's from the team that did I'm Setsuna, the RPG yes. factory. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Cool. Um, yeah. So if if JRPGs are your thing or action RPGs, um, some pretty good pedigree on that one. People definitely liked I Am Setsuna. Uh, uh, next up, we got uh, two games in the Sega Ages series, which we've talked about a few times here. But if you're not familiar, Sega Ages is kind of like. Um, it's this line that Sega's doing where it's these really, really loving like recreations of classic retro games. It's an emulation, but they've they've added to it and it's very well executed. Yeah. Um and like sometimes like there's fun little extra things. Like I know they did um I forget what the game was, but one of their they did like an old school dungeon crawler and like mm-hmm. they added like auto mapping to it. Or like on the Sonic the Hedgehog version they have uh, the Genesis version and the arcade version and, you know, whatever. So it's like, it, it, it's pretty much the best way to buy these retro games if if you're interested in them. Uh, so we've got both Space Harrier and Poyo Poyo. So, um, you know, two well-known classic beloved Sega games. So if uh, if you know, Space Harrier or Poyo Poyo are your thing, this is probably the best place for you to get them and try them. Uh, Tuesday, August 27th, we've got the physical release of the collection of mana. Uh, again, story JRPG franchise from, from Square. That I still um, think is drastically overpriced. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I'm really not very interested in the like recreated one that they have coming up because I feel no. like it looks kind of But I don't want to spend 35 quid for two Game Boy games and a SNES game. Yeah, me neither, but... I also kind of want to like, I like, I look at these and like, they look great. Like, and I've never played any of the mana games. Like, I don't know. Plus it is the first time that trials of mana is playable in English legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. So I don't know. I'm gonna keep my eye on this one. If I can get this on sale, I think I'll pick it up. Cause I, I, I feel like that's a gap I'd like to fill. Uh, and then on Wednesday, twenty eighth, we've got AER. I think it's pronounced air, right? Is it air? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, because like you're flying in the air and shit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. See, so, like mm. I remember, I remember seeing this one too at one of the Nindie events. Like I remember the yeah. art style. Yeah, it's like a low poly, really cool looking. Yeah, like low poly, like cell shaded yeah. kind of look, and it's like lots of like you like, you you turn into a bird and fly around and stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. I don't I don't really like it, it's one that I I feel like I want to hear more about. It's you know? it, I think it's going to live or die on its storyline um because it's one of those games I I guess you can't really call it a walking sim because you're flying, but it's kind of that same vein. Yeah, I mean it it sounds like the main gameplay stuff is like is puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it says a pilgrim of mysteries, puzzles, and temples. You I'm know? still waiting and for the outer, wa- outer worlds, outer wilds, <sighs> not the outer too. worlds, no. the outer wilds, the one yeah, in space, too. not the one from, not the one that's the outer worlds is the upcoming, not that one. Uh, I want, I want outer wilds to come to yeah. switch. That's the indie game that mm-hmm. everybody was talking about this year and is probably going to get a bunch of nods yeah. uh, and then come to the Switch next year and we'll be like, it's new. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone will be like, wow, where's this game come from? And it'll be yeah. on my game of the year list and, and I won't be able to have it because it will be an old game. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, so moving into our main topic this week, we've got the Indie World Breakdown. Uh, so there was a ton of news to come out of this one. Lots of very interesting games. Um, we're going to not do it in chronological order because that gets boring. We're going to do it in hype order because that's way more exciting. So two games were released day of the presentation and are available for you to try out right now. They are Indie Darlings, Super Hot, and the Hotline Miami Collection. Uh, I've never played Hotline Miami. So I'm definitely gonna Whoa, pick this up whoa, whoa. How have you not yeah. played Hotline Miami? Just one I missed. This was this was like this you had a Vita. This is one of the games that you should have had on your Vita. Oh, I know. It was like the talk of the town too. Like and I almost bought it a couple times. I just never got around to it. And now like that they have the collection and I can do both, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Unless you're in Australia where it's just been removed from sale because uh it's banned. Because Australia is like insane about censorship. Yeah. Like, god damn. Australians, um, just like open up a North American account and put your PayPal on and just buy some games. Yes, yes seriously, do that shit because it's super easy to do and mm -hmm. censorship is dumb. Um, so, Super Hot, I've played a good amount on other platforms. Don't think I'll pick it up here, but Super Hot is tight. So, I like, I like Super Hot. I, I always wanted to try cool. it in VR. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, um, Mike. From the from the site, he has uh, what is it, Vive, mm -hmm. and uh, Super Hot is the game I've spent the most time with on Vive because yeah, it's just it so so cool. And, and if for those who don't know, it's kind of it's a shooter, but the enemies only move when you move. So you move forwards, and the enemy moves, and like a bullet will be shot, and the bullet will only move when you move. So you kind of have to plan your route. It's a it's like a puzzly kind of game. I really really yeah. like it. It's like almost like a turn-based puzzle shooter. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, and you're like looking around the room. And you're like, where are all the red people? Yeah, and like in VR, it's really cool because you actually physically move your body. So like a bullet will be coming, and you can just be like whoop and just like lean out of awesome. its way and stuff. It's for like Neo. So cool. Fucking bullet yeah. timing. <laughs> yeah, dude. There, there was once where I was doing it, and like I was in a room full of people who were like watching me do it, and like I like oh, I like fell over. So I'm like, oh, like trying to like dodge a blade and I like fell on the ground and was laying down and looked up and shot and was just like, this is fucking awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so it's so visceral. Uh, OK, so then big now. Now we're, we're hitting the big announcements stuff that's on the horizon. But it's in the it's in the, the top tier category. Here. Oh, yeah. Steve. Steve called the heavy hitters. And they I like are that. heavy hitters. Yeah, they, they are. They are. They are. Number one, Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition, September 27th. Pretty hype. That Xbox exclusive coming to Switch. Very cool. And, like, granted, this this rumor was out there. I think we all knew this was coming. Oh, we 100% but... knew it was coming. We saw the box art and everything. Yeah. But it, it's, it's good to finally have confirmation. I'm still loving the fact that Microsoft are open to letting their studios put their games on other platforms. It's yeah. fun. And uh, I am definitely going to pick this one up. I'm not. It's coming out at the worst time imaginable, but I'm uh, going to get I'm, it. I'm not picking it up. It's a Metroidvania. I'm not bothered. Yeah, it's not your kind of game. I know. Um, and I don't love Metroidvanias, but I do like platformers. And the platforming in this is supposed to be very yeah. good. And it's very like different. And it's like another game that I feel like is a gap for me and has been for a while. And it's always been like, oh, you got to play Ori. You got to play. I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. Like. Now that I, it's here, I'm going to give it a shot. I wonder if it means we're getting um, 
Is it Orion the Will of the Wisp, the sequel? Yeah, Will of the Wisp is the sequel. It's going to come eventually, I would think. I don't know that it'll be like a day and date thing, but I think eventually it'll come. Why not, right? Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, it seems to make sense. It's just that that's been touted as an Xbox exclusive for so long, and it's like, oh, it's coming to Game Pass on day and date, and that's going to be the way to, to do it, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I think that'll still be the case. I think it'll be like Cuphead. Give it a year, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer, and it'll come to Switch when they're like, okay, there's no more hype around this. Sales have slowed down. Like, let's put it on Switch and sell another three million copies or whatever. What do you think of the short release windows for all these games? Because, like, Cuphead had a similar thing. It was announced, release a month later. This is, again, announced, release a month later, or even, you know, a few weeks later. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. You know, I, I I think that there's something to be said for both strategies. Like, I know for me, I'm always the most excited because um, I, I feel like when you get into like E3, Gamescom, like these kinds of events and this kind of season, there's always people who are just like, why, I don't care about any of, any of this. It's not coming out for like years. It's so yes. far away or whatever. And that's what this E3 felt like. It's like we saw Cyberpunk and it's like, oh, great, that's not coming out until next year. And then it's like, oh, here's a new Halo game that's coming out on another generation of console. And it's and right. Sony's not even there. And it's like, uh. yeah. And, you know, I, I get that disappointment or that frustration or whatever. But, I, but for me, like, I think in an ideal world, you have stuff that's imminent that you're excited for stuff that's far off that you're excited for and you know like if you can get like a shadow drop in there it's like the best of both worlds you know like because i i feel like when you have this it's like it's nice and everything to be like have something to look forward to mm-hmm. but i think for a game like ori that's like old and you know like it's just coming to a new platform like i don't know that you maintain the hype around that for you know, months and months of like, or oh, it's coming out next year. It's like, okay, great, whatever. Like, I'll go play it a million other places. Whereas if you're like, hey, you know, in a month, you can pick up Ori on your Switch. It's like, all right, dope, cool. I'll look forward to that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think for like a smaller announcement like this, that totally works. But if it's Breath of the Wild 2 and we're announcing it a month before it comes out, it's probably not great. Huh? Honestly, though, I wouldn't mind that. No, I wouldn't mind like, that. Every... I feel Imagine like that would be really that's cool. that's what they did at E3. It's like Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out. Oh, and by the way, it's coming out in August. You'd be like, what yeah. the fuck? Or it's like, this September. It's like, where'd that <laughs> you come know? from? Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. And like, Fallout 4 did that, and it was great. You mm-hmm. know, where it was like, granted, there had been rumors and leaks and stuff, but like, it was like, here's Fallout 4, it's real, it's out in six months. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I think that's a, it's a proven strategy. It's, it's exciting when you do that. You know, but I also don't think there's anything wrong with getting people excited for stuff in advance. Cause like, yeah, I just, I, I kind of feel that Nintendo has been bent by that. By the way, we're working on Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, actually, we've had to cancel the entire game because it wasn't very good and we're starting again. And now everyone's like, oh, well, we knew it was coming. I think, I think that's an example of too early. Because mm-hmm. when you're just showing off a logo and making an announcement and everything, it's like, okay, like and, that. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned Bethesda with Fallout 4, but they like sh- did the exact same thing last E3, you know, a, a, a Starfield logo and then a Elder Scrolls right. 6 logo, and it's like, oh, yeah. these, are too, these are too early. And the thing is, I don't necessarily mind that, but that's where I think you run the risk of people getting frustrated. And time, because, just like, oh, I can't go to yeah. any longer. Because, like, I think about, 
Horizon, for example, and I remember that being shown off at like E3 2014, I think, for the mm-hmm. first time, and it was a full trailer, and you got a real good sense of the world and the characters and what you were going to be doing, and it was like, oh, I'm all in on this. And then I saw it two more times, and then it was out, you know? And I think that's the way to do it, you know? Like, if you're going to announce something that far out, it better be done enough that you have a, a, a viable first look at it, and then you give me two more trailers, maybe three more, and we're good, you know? It's like Spider-Man was on that same grind. God of War was on that same grind. I think all those games showed really well, and then they came out and they fucking delivered. And, like, that's that's the long tail that you can do, you know? And if it's not like that, then, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, next up, we had Freedom Finger which is also coming out on September 27th. This was a really weird-looking game. I'm not, it's a shoot-em-up, but you're a finger. Yeah. And, it's and it's like um, It's one of those like side-scrolling shoot-em-ups where yeah. you're like in a ship, and like you're just kind of like, you know, like an infinite runner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 this is well, not it's, for it's me. Like, it's like Cuphead, right? It's a shoot-em-up like Cuphead. You're going left to right, and you're shooting things, but... You're yeah. a finger inside bodies, from what I can tell. You're like shooting red blood cells and bacteria. It's very weird. Super weird. And there's like a really stacked voice cast, which is interesting. Uh-huh. I don't know how they got John DiMaggio and Nolan North to be in this game, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's got an interesting look to it, so it definitely stuck stood out, even though it's not necessarily yeah. for me. Uh, Risk of Rain Two coming quote summer 2019, which is that's presumably. Like now. Uh, well, it's gonna be out. It's gonna be out by September twenty first. This game looks like this game looks like trash in the screenshots. Yeah, it really did not look very good. Like, uh, which is it's sad. Yeah, and surprising too. I mean, the, there was some. You know, I thought the original Risk of Rain was pretty like well received, right? So, oh, uh, I uh, Risk of Rain two is already out on other platforms. So I don't know. I don't really know how how oh, well that's it is. done. Okay, see, that shows how much I know about that franchise. It's mm. like I just I'm not super familiar with it. Uh, yeah, I believe it's. I believe it's already out on uh, Steam. Yeah, nineteen dollars ninety nine. It's an early go. access game, so not out, okay. But... All right. Uh, then Torchlight Two got a got a trailer as well. This was cute. It was like an animated thing where it was like characters from the game were playing the game while like yeah, the world was being that. destroyed and stuff. It was cute. It was definitely. I feel like for a game like that, you get it creative when how you show it because it doesn't look super fun, even if it is. Just oh, it's kind of- I disagree. This is my this is my cup of tea. I love dungeon crawlers. I'm I'm excited for this. This is like Diablo, a hundred percent. It's original Diablo. They've got like a health ball in the le- bottom left corner. They've got a mana ball in the bottom right corner. It's like yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that it looks like bad. I just mean like I don't think games like this show super well. No, maybe not because it is is that is that um loot loop of just yeah. collect it- loot sell loot. But Fire Emblem is the same way. Like, it's not a game that shows well because it's not like action, 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 action. It's like, no, you know, and Fire it, Emblem focused on the stories, uh, story trailers, right. rather than focusing on the actual action. So I feel like I feel like this was like a good a good move. Plus, I, I know this is going to run smooth as butter because Panic Button are working on it, and their port history is second to none. Uh, having worked on on Wolfenstein and Doom for the Switch. We know yeah. that this is gonna this is gonna be great. Should be good. 
Uh, so then next up was Eastward, which oh, God, is supposed to come out. So in- gorgeous. Yeah, it's supposed to come out in early 2020. Uh, I think this is one of the most interesting games that we saw. Yeah, 100%. This um, is a, just a absolutely stunning pixel RPG with like puzzle dungeons, and uh, I'm very, very excited for this. Yeah, the, the, uh, it looks like the main kind of crux of the narrative is like um, it, there's like this world where it, it's like a post apocalyptic world. And human population is, like, at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. There's, like, all these, like, monsters out in the world and stuff. And this, like, random guy who's, like, a like a miner, I think, um, discovers a young girl in, like, a secret lab underground. And you have to go, like, kind of find out, um, you know, find out what, like, what the mystery is. Like, what happened and why she's down there and, like, what's going on with the world and everything and... I, I'm super interested in this. Uh, it's published by Chucklefish, who, you know, they did Wargroove and um, Stardew Valley. So, obviously, they've got a, uh, you know, a, a pretty successful track record. And, like, the art looks gorgeous. And the soundtrack was really good from what I heard. Um, it's actually done by Joel uh, Corlitz, who did the um, Unfinished Swan and the Tomorrow Children soundtracks as well. So it's pretty cool. It looks great. I'm I'm really excited for this one. This was the game of everything we saw that I was most interested in. Really? This was the thing I'm most excited about of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, really interested in that one. Yeah, I think I'm the same, actually. So moving along, uh, we had The Tourist, which is due out in November. Uh, this one looked interesting. I don't know how much... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sold on it. Like, it has a cool visual style, I thought. But... The gameplay, I was like a little bit like, what am I doing? Yes, I think you know, that's the like, kind of game. It's a, I, I was blown away by the visual style. I love anything that's like voxel. Love the way it looks. Cool. Um, it just seems like a kind of thing you just go and you just blow some steam and you're like, you'll go and explore an island. You can go down into the cave. You can go to an arcade. You can go shopping, go surfing, do whatever you want. I, I think there's probably going to be a little bit more to it than that. I'm sure there's going to be a story element to it, and I'm sure there's going to be some kind of mystery that that comes out. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. I probably will pick this one up if it's reasonably priced. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I will base my interest in this on you and what I hear. Like, if you get it and you're like, it's really good, like, give it a shot, I'll, I'll give it a go because I was engaged with the art style. It's just nothing about the the gameplay super stood out to me. Um, and like, it felt like a little all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? So I, jury's out on that one for me. Uh, next up we got Roki. This is another one where it just like, I didn't get much of a sense for, I wasn't sure what the game was about, but visually I really like the look of it. I think again, it's going to be one of those story centric games. Maybe it's, I had like hints of like, um, night in the woods, that yeah. maybe it's kind of similar to that when you're, just, you're playing through a story. Which is cool. Like, I'm totally down for that sort of thing. I think it was just, like, not... It didn't give me enough of a taste of it to know what I'm supposed to be doing. But then I remember they mentioned uh, in, like, kind of the post, they're like, oh, like, befriending, like, monsters in the woods or whatever is, like, just part of the adventure. And I was like, all right, you got me back. Because if it's a game about befriending monsters, that's my thing. So... 
I'm down to be friends with that giant wolf boy that we met and fight that weird dark creature or whatever. Sounds good to me. Uh, next up, we got Europa, which this was a really interesting looking game. This reminded me of like early indie games where you just see like weird experimental yeah. stuff. And I was like, what the hell is this? It has such a weird vibe to it. I wasn't sure on this tool. Yeah, I don't... It doesn't super appeal to me, I gotta be honest with you. But looking at the reviews and looking at Steam, um, it's well-received. Like, very, very positive reviews. And uh, if you're in, it seems like if you're into puzzle, kind of puzzly, platformy style games... It's probably worth picking up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It definitely looks like a unique one, which is, you know, to me, that's like half the test of if a game's interesting. Uh, Next up, we got Earth Knight. This one, I got to say, I uh, like I loved the music when it started playing. I was like, oh, this is like classic chiptunes. This sounds great. Like, and then they started showing the like the graphics and the gameplay. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know about this. Uh, I mean, I think, again, it's another one of those that. Maybe we didn't see enough of it. Maybe. I don't know, though. It just looks like, because it's a platformer, and it just looks kind of messy. Like, it looks like there's a lot on the screen at once. It looks like there's a lot of, like, you take big leaps and you fly real far. And it's, uh, I don't know. Like, something about it just didn't appeal to me, the look of it. And the entire time, I was like, the soundtrack's a bop. Like, I want to like this, and I just don't. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of 2D platformers if they're not, like... Mario. <laughs> and that's only because I have nostalgia for it. Uh, then the next one we got was Dungeon Defenders Awakened. Yeah, this this was this was a Kickstarter, I think, early last year. And it's one of those rare Kickstarters that's coming to fruition around about the exact time they said it was going to. They they wanted to go for October 2019. Uh, they're hitting February 2020, so it's not far after the expected bad. release date. Yeah, not bad at all. And then the last game on the hype list is skater xl coming 2020 any kind of skate game Do you know, i really miss tony hawk games like i so miss tony hawk games so uh the guy who is helping me fix my computer he recently bought uh the new 8-bitdo controller mm. it's got a bluetooth thing and he hooked it up to his phone and it has like a little clip that you can buy where you can like put your phone on it yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and he like loaded a bunch of emulators on it and he hands it to me while i was while he's working on my computer and just hands me it with tony hawk's underground running <gasps> oh that was my favorite game on the psp oh my god what i wouldn't give for a new good tony hawk game and or i even this a, and I or even like, a skate i really love yes. the disney skater game as well Skate four. <laughs> oh yeah this looks good though i mean it's it's got like the whole it's physics base and everything which is like i want it to be more arcadey and less Sim also needs a really badass soundtrack. It does, but it looks promising. I'll give them that. Like, it looks good. So I'm keeping my eye on this one for sure. I need a good skateboarding game in my life. <laughs> All right. So next up, we got uh, this was Blast. this is kind of the sizzle reel at the end. So we didn't we didn't get a massive look at it, but we'll just quickly run through all the games that they they highlighted. Stop if there's one that spoke to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Blasphemous by Team Seventeen comes on September tenth. Which one was this? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh damn it, dude! I threw it to you. I really thought. Oh, this is the Gothic platformer. This is the one that okay. looks like Castlevania. Kind right, of. Okay. That was cool. It looked yeah. like they're that's, like Dark Souls. One for Max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Close to the Sun. Don't remember that one either. Coming in twenty uh, twenty nineteen. Cat Quest Two. 
I, I, I still want to play Cat Quest, so uh, maybe. There you go. Uh, coming fall 2019, Spirit Fair, Thunder Lotus, Spring 2020, uh, Trine 4, The Nightmare Prince, No Date, Creature in the Well by Flight School Studio coming September 6th. I'm picking that one up. I've had actually, that one on my I radar that one since we cool. saw it. Yeah, I, I'm, they did a follow-up video on um, on the Nintendo Twitter feed about how they're, they're working on the game. Yeah. It looked really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm real into that game from what I've seen of it. I love a good pinball game, and, um, you know, obviously I like a good RPG, so I, uh, I can't wait for that one. Been excited for it for some time. Glad to see that it's finally coming out. Wish it wasn't coming out in September, but hey, <laughs> we press on. You know, you don't have to buy them on the day they come out, right? If you don't, they might as well not exist. Yeah, they disappear. <laughs> uh, One Finger Death Punch 2 by Silver Dollar Games coming December 2nd. Uh, Best Friend Forever by Alliance coming February 14th, 2020. Fogs. That's the name. By Coat Sink coming early 2020. What the Golf by Triband coming winter 2019. Kine by Chump Squad coming in 2019. Hypercharge Unboxed by Digital Cyber Cherries, which is a great name. <laughs> uh, winter 2019. Northguard by Shiro Games coming September 26, 2019. Pff, not like that's a stacked time to put out uh, a game. Uh, Northguard was the kind of game that I, I, I really liked um, the concept and the look of it. It had like an Age of Empire style vibe to it. Yeah. Um, I just need to see if it if it's going to run well, because I had some issues with the footage they showed off. Sure. Plus, you're going to be playing Zelda. Uh, maybe, I won't. Maybe, I won't, maybe I won't get Zelda. Maybe I'll decide not to... Uh, it has to I'll return it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Sparklight by Merge Games coming uh, fall 2019, and Munchkin Quack Quest by Asmodee Digital, your best best friends in gaming. Best buddies, uh, Fall 2019. Yeah. I hate that Asmodee have a like basically monopoly on every board game. Uh, but Munchkin is a game I've always wanted to try. Always. Yeah, yeah. Munch- Munchkin is fun. Um, it doesn't look like it's really a adaption of Munchkin as no, much it's as not. it is it's like, like a- a, in the world of Munchkin. Here's a right. brand new game. Yeah, yeah which is exactly fine. Is. Um, but Munchkin proper is is quite a good time. Uh, and that wraps it up. So I thought this was a pretty good presentation. There were actually a lot of games I was interested in. Um, there was I'm one, picking up one a few of these. striking omission for me, which was Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, that game's delayed. Where, seriously, where is Untitled Goose Game? It's delayed. It's not Ooh. coming. I could see that being pushed to 2020, which would be very sad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's happening. Like, that's that's just... It's a done deal. I think if, we were, if this game was coming out in 2019, we would have heard about it again now and gotten a date. Because I don't think Nintendo has another... Uh, indie Direct this year. What? No, they will. You think there's going to be another Indie Direct this year? Yes. Why? When? Uh, ne- like two weeks time. That'll be a USA one. In two weeks? Yeah. This was the world event, Steve. I uh, know we said that, but I I think they'll do something more. All right. I don't do you know, think man. we'll have another we'll have another Nintendo Direct proper this year? Mm. Yeah. I, so I think we'll so more, they, maybe they'll, they'll, they, maybe they'll show it in that. I don't know, though, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, there will. There'll be one that comes before the holiday season. Will it be a general direct, or will it be, here's a closer look at fucking what the else they've game, got coming out? The only game I could see that happening with is Animal Crossing, but I also don't feel like you need a deeper look at Animal Crossing. So I, I feel like a look general... at Animal Crossing, although they did show a pretty good look at E3's Treehouse. And it comes out in March. Yeah. 
So, like, by the time that we're talking about, like, I'm thinking it would be, like, anywhere from one to three months from now. Have they announced the final Smash DLC? They haven't. Could be that. Yeah, that could, that's definitely a contender, too, right? So, I, I think a general Nintendo Direct before the end of the year makes sense. Um, I think a, a focused one is less likely, but not impossible. Oh, maybe one around the time that um, Switch Lite comes out. That would make sense, too. Like, you could be, like... They prom- they re-promote Switch Lite, mm-hmm. have maybe like a Pokemon S- bundle. Special edition for Zelda. There's already a Pokemon yeah. bundle. It's the Pokemon, it's like the Cyan and Magenta. That doesn't come with the game though, does it? No, I don't know actually. They're, they're, I don't think it does. They'll, they'll, they'll be retailers selling it with the game. It looks badass though. If it didn't have the decal on the back, that would be the one I'd go for. Oh my god, yeah, it'd be so much cooler without that decal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good decal. Nintendo's back panel game is like definitely there's room for improvement. I just don't want them to do it ever. I just want cool colors. That's all I ever want. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think maybe expecting one more this fall is is reasonable. The last one we got was E3, so I can't. I I can see October being that being one, and the big game for October is now Witcher Three. But maybe they'll have something else in there. I don't know. Also, Luigi's Mansion. Oh, and Luigi's Mansion. Maybe we'll get a closer look at Luigi's Mansion. I don't know that it would be that as much as it would just be like, don't forget, Luigi's Mansion coming out in like a week. Oh, know, here's, a, here's a new amiibo of Luigi and Guigi. With the, I hope so. Oh, Guigi one, if it was squidgy, like the uh, the Metroid one with the yeah, thing oh on the head. Be great. Oh, that would be so cool. I just want Luigi with the the ecto, what is it, ectospasm? That's not it. No. The, the gun vacuum. thing, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> his ghost vacuum, yeah, <laughs> his proton pack. Let's call it spade a spade. It's a proton pack from <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's what it is. All right. Yes, it is. <laughs> as much as Nintendo doesn't want to admit it, it's Ghostbusters. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, As a reminder, if you want to show your support for the show, make sure you give us a like on your platform of choice. Follow us along wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Visit us at youtube.com slash lootpots. Go check out one of Pixel's new analysis videos. Uh, We've got one all about Pokemon, uh, Sword and Shield's language and symbology and stuff. Uh, so go check that one out if you liked all the Pokemon news we talked about today. Uh, you can also hit us up at twitch.tv slash lootpots, lootpots.com, and follow at lootpots on Twitter uh, to keep in touch and you know check out all the cool content we're doing. Visit us at lootpots.com, check out our news and reviews. Um, and then last but not least, if you really, really want to support the show, make sure that you go and hit us up at patreon.com slash lootpots, where if you support us at the $5 level, you can get access to our awesome patron exclusive show after dark, where we talk about anything and anything, everything under the sun. Um, this week, Steve and I did a little exercise where we answered 50 like fun, you know, get to know your questions about video games. So if you want to know more about our video game history, you can go check that out. Uh, or if you support us at the $10 level, you can get access to our patron exclusive discord chat. Uh, but if you've got no money to toss our way, no problem. Go join us on the discord. Anyway, we've got plenty of free channels where you can connect with other pots heads like yourself and talk about everything from, uh, you know, share super Mario maker levels, talk to us about the hypest new game announcements and rumors and stuff. It's a great little community. And Steve and I are there all the time. So if you want to come connect with us or chat with other Nintendo fans, it's a great place to be. And with that, it's the end of the show. I still don't have a good sign-off for this one. We'll see you next week. I love you. (laughs)